One of our favorite topics to talk about on this channel is the syzygy, the anima and the animus, and in particular, myth-busting the anima and the animus. Not necessarily because we want to, but because we need to, if we're going to start clearing up some of the nonsense which has been spread by neo-Jungians, gurus, people who don't know what they're talking about, simply because, and this is not a character assassination in a broad brushstroke by any means, but because these ideas are, first of all, fairly difficult to grasp, and they're also very, very, very seductive. Because the nature of the material itself, it, it's not like normal material. As guys who've been on this journey, of course, will know. So today we thought we'd talk about the anima at uh, the different levels of the biopsychosocial hierarchy. And what that means in more layman's terms is simply, well, when you first learn about the anima, usually you believe it to be an inner woman. And... Um, no one really knows what that means, apart from connecting to your inner feminine tendencies. But it doesn't really go anywhere, to be completely honest, for real self-development purposes. And of course, you would never use that clinically. A patient would come to you and you would never say, you have a chronic case of not integrating your inner woman. Well, what is it? Well, we've defined before that the anima is the relating factor allowing you within a man and the same thing for the animus for a woman. The anima is what allows you to relate to other people and relate to yourself. And it exists simultaneously at many, many different levels in what we call the biopsychosocial model, which was developed by George Engel around the year 1980. And it's simply saying that a, a thing, a, an entity that we deem significant for human experience exists simultaneously at the biological layer, the psychological layer and the social layer. So they're all sort of reflections of each other, like an eternal mirror moving up. But of course, this is, uh, does it begin at biology? Does it end at society? And how does the anima fit into there? Can you have a social anima? Can you have a biological anima? Can you have a psychological anima? Does it, where does it begin? Is it down at the quantum level? Is it right the way up at the solar system level? You know, these are, these are questions to be considered. As such, we recently ran a competition over on our Discord server asking people to run the anima through that stack, all the way from quantum, all the way up to, in this particular case, it'd be the, the biosphere, and to see how it would be represented at all those different levels. And all the answers we got were absolutely fantastic, and the contest winners have been announced over on the Discord server. But yet, there's still more to be done with the anima. As I go through my own mentorship journey with Steve and Pauline, they're, um, they're giving me more and more information as time goes on, as and when I'm ready to receive it. And the anima itself, you know, you learn it as the relating factor, first of all, and then you can learn it represented at all these different levels. But there's another step beyond that, which Steve has hinted in this podcast, and I think you guys will find quite interesting. And it's something which we will move on to in due time. So it's as if Young to Live By, from the beginning of our videos through to where we are right now and into the future, is actually forming a little timeline adventure, its own personal or collective personal myth, if you like. So that'll be very exciting to see. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. We're going to cut back to Steve way back in the past. Uh, so talking about how the anima might be represented in the biopsychosocial stack. The, the anima as such, as a concept, is biological. It is psychological and it is psychosocial and cultural. It's all, all of them, all at the same time. And all of these levels mutually influence one another. So an individual's anima is partly collective at a social level, partly collective at a biological level, and partly individual at a personal level, but it is all three and it affects everything. Um, which is why it's useful to think of it as a relating function. Anything that's biological has even down to the quantum level, a representation, because if you pull that away, mm. it's gone. 
uh, everything above it disappears, it's mm. just gone. I guess that was my point, that you can't pull out that bottom drawer. You certainly can't, And, no. and pretend it's not there. You, you can't. So there has to be an arrangement. That, that There has to be a fundamental interaction at that level to sustain everything that's higher above it. So the anima, therefore, exists at a quantum level. Not perhaps in a way that you could distinguish. You may have to go up several levels before you start to see it as what it is. But then you have to be sure that you know what it is. Because where do you draw the line? It's very difficult. It's certainly not just psychological. Um, it's definitely molecular, definitely genetic. It definitely appears in consciousness. But it appears in consciousness because it's biological or because it's psychosocial. Mm. It's all of those things. We mm. are all of those things. There is no separation. So you, you can argue from any position, anyone could, to say which is primary. If you have a spiritual perspective, you might want to believe that it's something separate in a Cartesian sense from biology. And biology is somehow a reflection of the transpersonal in biology. Or you might think that, that transpersonal emerges as an epiphenomenon from the biology. Or you might think it's all of them, all at the same time. Unus mundus, one world, like Jung said. So um, the best framework I know is the biopsychosocial one, because you can see it all then and understand it's it's functioning at, at many different levels. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I, I guess I had a question specifically on where it begins and where it ends, because obviously you've got biopsychosocial, as we've said, but there's a layer beneath biology. It's you know something I realized when I was studying biology that the chemistry students would say that biology is not a real science because chemistry is a layer deeper. And then the physicists would say that chemistry is not a real science because it's just a layer deeper, like physics meaning. Um, and the mathematicians would say that the physicists are wrong because they're actually the layer, layer deeper and maths is some kind of language to the universe. So, I mean, maybe there could be a mathematical anima and you could at least model it mathematically. But would the, the lowest level then be quantum and then the highest level be solar system, galaxy, multiverse? What, what, what would it be? It's obviously got to go beyond that, but, but for convenience's sake, personally, I'll limit it to the ecosphere. I mean, you obviously get the anima operating at that level, don't you, because of the green movements? Yes, and, you do. And, and Gaia. Yeah. And female activists and, and so on. Female activists. Yes. And, and yeah. Gaia is a, is a female yes. goddess. Yes. So immediately there's, there's the, uh, the borrowing, if I can call it that, of, of that notion of the Gaia hypothesis. Lovelock's book, I've got it up on the shelf here. Um, who was a respectable scientist and he was involved in um, a lot of things, uh, controversial things which have proven to be true in, in the 1970s and, and, and 80s. Um, but yeah, it's at that level. It's, it's religious. You see the religious function, as Jung referred to it, operating at the level of the ecosphere. But you also have things that have nothing immediately to do with human beings at that level as well, other than the grasping from people towards possession of it like other species, whether it's for a food resource or it's a rejection of them as a food resource, if you're vegan or vegetarian, or a rejection of them as a manipulative uh, food source or resource source uh, by saying I won't wear leather shoes or have leather in my car or something like that, you know. Um, and then there's the green man. The green man is an ecosphere level deity. You know, so yeah, where does it begin, where does it end? So, yeah, it's a really good question. And where does it bottom out? Well, you can only go so far before 
you know you can't resolve any further but you might imply there must be another layer to it so who knows but as much as possible any one thing will be present at every level yeah i guess a clarification then on the biopsychosocial model um so say you've got a biological anima and we know that the anima has to be present at biology and active at biology in order for the psychological anima, which is the one that we normally consider um, to be working and to be the normal anima, quote unquote. It would have to be at biology in order for that to work, right? Um, but I was wondering if you thought it would have to be active at the layers beneath the biological one. So obviously it would have to be present. So the biological substrate would have to be composed of the chemistry and then the subatomic particles and then whatever the quantum nature of that layer and the layer beneath that would have to, to be. But would it have to be active at that layer, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for it to be active at the quantum level, then you, we would have to suggest that they are deity or deity-like things of which we just receive an impression that transduces, say, from the quantum level up. Um, rather like if uh, you know uh, a specific set of gene expressions produces an image or a symbol in consciousness, it, it, that that process at a molecular level becomes psychological consciousness, but it's really the same thing. It's just at a different level of analysis, description, explanation, and expression. Yeah, you you could say that, but I, I think on an intuitive level, this is where Plato was on the right track. He intuited something which Jung borrowed from to do with his theory of forms. He might have been onto something there. I think he was. If, if, if I look inside myself instinctively and if I pressure test that idea against biology as I understand it and against psychology as I understand it, then he seems to be onto something. Whether he is or not, I don't know. It's, it's chasing it a little bit. But uh, I know from my own personal experience that if you really want to understand the anima as an image, you have to get beneath Jung, if you like, but paradoxically above him, by going the platonic route to analyse the platonic form. If you do that, you're getting close to the psychological meaning of the anima, but still simultaneously looking at it as some kind of informational representation in a transcendent sense.